0: Hey, welcome to episode 58 of Vibrant Life. I'm Jessica Parker, a holistic health coach with a master's in health psychology, and I'm a fitness instructor. Today, April 25th, 2023, we're going to be talking to Lisa Parker, family nurse practitioner in Ashland, Oregon. We're going to be talking about smoothies and why they might not be doing you the favor you think they're doing. So let's get right into it. Lisa, thank you for joining me again today. Um, Today is the 25th, what day is it? Tuesday of April. Can't even keep track. We're almost in May and I can't believe it. But today we're going to talk about um, basically smoothies, green smoothies, plant toxins, and how um, they can actually impact your health in a negative way. So I'm going to go ahead and let you dive right
1: in, Lisa. I will definitely have some questions. Sure. And I, I think we got talking about this because whenever I'm seeing patients and uh, you, you ask them, they say, oh, I eat healthy or I eat clean, you know, and I always say, well, what does that mean to you? Because I have a totally different idea <laughs> of that. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and they'll say, oh, well, you know, uh, so in the morning I have this smoothie you know, and I put uh, seeds in it, and uh, greens in it, and fruit in it, and and I blend it all up, and I drink it, and you know, and that's that's my breakfast, as, as an example, um, so sort of a, a meal replacement. And my reaction is always, you know, you know, are you a baby, basically, or you, <laughs> you have teeth, uh, you know, because you know, blending up your food is really processing it and you're, instead of eating and chewing and, and digesting food, you're drinking it. And for the human body, drinking is supposed to be water. I mean, I know we all drink other, other things, coffee and, and tea and some people sodas and things like that. But when the human body takes in liquid, it's thinking that it's supposed to be taking in water and water doesn't have any calories to it, doesn't need digestion. It just needs to be dumped out and, and so that we can you know, suck all the hydration out of it and, and hydrate ourselves. And when you blend, when you take anything that has calories in it and you reduce it to a liquid form, and then you take it in it, the immediate is immediately gets dumped basically. And when it does, then it has a lot of nutrients that the body has to absorb. Um, and that can cause, and, you know, I, I deal with a lot of diabetics, so that can definitely cause a major blood sugar spike very quickly. It doesn't have anything to delay absorption because it's not expecting to digest a food, then it's not producing all the digestive enzymes that it's supposed to, to do it as well. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a, it's a very quick way to get a blood sugar spike um, which the body has to deal with. And then because of that and everything, the insulin will come, it'll take everything out of the bloodstream. Then the person's going to be hungry again very shortly, um, after that. So, uh, research studies have shown that people that drink their calories versus eat them, um, definitely eat more calories in a day. Um, and they, and they weigh more, um, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, all these meal replacements and and all of these things, um, you know, the only person that's meant to drink calories is a baby, quite honestly, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, and again, people do things, but if you're doing this on a regular basis and thinking this is a healthy thing to do, I mean, they're, they're smoothie shops, right? Um, yeah. you know, and, and then you start getting to the point where the way that they're done, it's almost like it's dessert, you know, yes. because start talking about commercial versions then there's sweeteners added and and it's 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 more a shake than it is anything else and usually they contain a lot of fruit like a lot a lot of fruit and as far as I'm concerned fruit is candy so it should be treated as such you know if you wouldn't eat candy all the time or you shouldn't eat candy all the time then you shouldn't be eating it all the time so um yeah So that's, i think of that. And then of course, you know, we started talking about the anti-nutrients as well, because a lot, you know, when we started talking about the smoothie and you said the grain smoothie, I'm like, yeah, well, do you know the story about the lady with the oxalate poisoning? (laughs) So, you know, and I sent you the research article on that, but it was a case study in which she thought she was doing the healthful thing. So she was making the green smoothies and she was drinking them every day. And she ended up in the hospital in acute renal failure, kidney failure. Um, she was very sensitive to oxalates. So not everybody is, but oxalates are one of the anti-nutrients and basically they have an affinity for the kidneys. They're they the main cause of calcium oxalate kidney stones, which is the most common kidney stone. Um, and so, you know, she put herself Eating healthfully, eating green smoothies, put herself in the hospital, and I, I do believe she never recovered full kidney function. I, I know that she got better, they put her on dialysis and things like that. Um, but you know, so that's whenever anybody says that, and they, especially if they say green smoothie, I, I immediately go to that. And you know, again, if this is something you're doing on a, you know, infrequent basis, and it's just you know, sometimes you need something quick, you know, people do that, but people thinking that doing this every day is a good thing for you to do. And it's actually healthier than eating a meal. Um, then I disagree. So that's my, which,
0: um, I mean, a couple of things, like, first of all, I have never been able to do smoothies because I feel like I, I feel hungry, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I can have a, really jam packed, like huge smoothie with a lot of calories, but my body wants to chew the food. And so I'm not satisfied after I've had a smoothie. So I just have never, you know, I've, I've like delved in it a little bit from just different programs I've done in the past with like fitness stuff, but I don't like it because I want to chew my food. So that makes a lot of sense. What you're saying.
1: Absolutely. Um, And when you're talking about satiety signals, the majority of a smoothie is fruit.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I mean, could you imagine just doing just a green smoothie without fruit in it? Like greens, yeah. up. I mean, it'd be puke, you know? Yeah. So, and that's what gives it its sweetness. But very rarely do these smoothies ever contain sufficient protein and fat, which is the only two things that are gonna cause us to feel full. So, yeah. you know, when you're talking about uh, hunger and satiety signals, you're not gonna get it from a blended fruit drink. And you will be, and as soon as you get that spike, then the insulin monster will come out and there you'll be, you'll be hungry for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And there'll be a a pretty huge spike. Uh, And if you have anybody on a continuous glucose monitor, you can see that versus eating the same amount of fruit and vegetables, chewing them up rather than blending them up. You You see a different spike. And right. a different amount of time before the glucose uh, spike. Can you speak to um, the notion,
0: like I feel like a lot of people who are doing these, especially the more green smoothies and, um, you know, not just going to like Jamba Juice or whatever, but like really like they they think that they're getting um, more, um, I guess, absorbable nutrients because they've broken them down already. That's what
1: I observe. Like, can you speak to that? Well, yeah, I mean, and I know that there's this whole raw movement and all of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. the majority of things that you eat, you render more nutrients if you cook them, especially if you do it appropriately. Let's take the greens in the smoothie, for instance. They're high in oxalates. When you cook them properly, that reduces the oxalate content in them and makes yeah. nutrients therefore that are in them more absorbable. Um, so, and especially if you cook them in a, in a way that um, you have broth, like a soup or things like that um, involved. So I, I, I disagree with that. You know, cooking is what, one of the things that really propelled us as a species. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, as far as nutrients go, you're not losing anything by cooking nutrients, but you can, you need to, in a lot of instances and you can lose anti-nutrients. Yeah. cooking That makes a lot of sense. I think
0: that so often we as humans, like think of like, well, on paper, this looks good. It's like these high, like dense nutrients and I'm just going to blend them. So then they're going to get into my system faster, but just because, you know, on paper, it. Makes sense. To you doesn't mean it's actually happening within your body. And then, like you said, then you have like the anti-nutrients that you're not um, doing anything to protect yourself against. You know, you're not breaking those down.
1: Yeah, and I think the main nutrient that you do get very quickly is glucose. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> this, is not, this is not the one that you want to get quickly,
0: right? Absolutely. So, um, what do you think in terms of people being sensitive to oxalates? I mean, I'm sure some people just genetically are, but then what else? I mean, I'm sure people who are just constantly inundating their bodies with like raw greens and stuff become sensitive, right? Like what, anything else?
1: Yeah. And I, I do think that there is a genetic predisposition probably to it. Um, and because some people, you know, you're there's oxalates in chocolate, people are going to hate to hear that there's, there's a pretty good amount in, in chocolate as well. So, um, you know, these, the people that are getting kidney stones um, are probably predisposed to it. Another thing um, that can help to bind the calcium with the oxalates to form the kidney stones is uh, soda. Oh, wow. Asporic acid in the, in soda. A lot of people drink soda and that mm-hmm. actually can cause calcium to be leached from the bones because there needs to be a balance between phosphorus and calcium. And when phosphorus levels are high, then calcium comes out of the bones. And then when you have more calcium floating around in the bloodstream and you have oxalates, both of them are being filtered through the kidneys, calcium oxalate kidney stones.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: The thing about oxalates so it's not just about the lady with the renal failure or um, calcium oxalate kidney stones, or just the kidneys. Oxalates get deposited everywhere in the body, yeah, joints, yeah, joints, um, soft tissue. So they can actually cause a lot of be the cause of a lot of pain that patients have, and they just don't even know it, and and they're thinking they're getting better by eating a green smoothie and. Right. Pain, pain's not getting better. Pain usually is getting worse. So. Yeah. Pain's not getting better,
0: more green smoothies. And then they're like, what's going on? It could, and I don't think anybody ever would think it's the the nutrients, you know, that they're taking in. Um, Sally Norton, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Um, I have like watched several videos or interviews with her recently she has a book toxic superfoods that I really want to read um mm. but man just what you were just talking about and how like um these oxalates and oxalate crystals like store everywhere even in your brain you know and just you know I mean she dealt with it which is why um and is still dealing with it I feel like if it's acute then you're gonna deal with it for a long time um But I was shocked and some of the symptoms and the things that people deal with, I feel like, gosh, you can think of clients and friends and whoever who have things that it could very well be linked, you know, and people just don't have much of an awareness of it.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing is, you know, when we're on the anti-nutrient subject, we used to know how to prepare foods properly that had nutrient anti-nutrients in them so that it didn't affect us. Adversely, but you know, nourishing traditions is is the one that I always think of. Um, you know, Weston Price and and that the whole movement of how cultures prepare foods because they eat a lot of these things. That's their culture. You know, for instance, uh, beans and rice. You know, that's a that's and I'm from Louisiana, New Orleans. So you know, we used to soak our red beans overnight, pour the water off, parboil of them pour the water off and then cook them. And yeah. nobody in my family could tell you why we did that, right? But we all knew that this is what we were supposed to do. It was passed down from generation to generation. And as I've said recently and kind of realized, you know, this whole thing with the, with the 50s and the nuclear family and not having extended families anymore and not really uh, respecting the wisdom of those that came before us, and not wanting to, to um, you know, my father was Italian, for instance. He didn't want anybody to think of him as Italian. He wanted to just be, you know, American. So all the old things, all the old traditions, the Italian traditions, he didn't want anything to do with. And there was a the big movement with a lot of the ethnicities to not hang on to their traditions, which a lot of them were how to prepare the food correctly. It was, right. you know, it was their culture. It was their tradition. But it was also how to survive and, and get the nutrients out of the food because, you know, food was always about taste and especially Italian and where I'm from and, and you know, being the whole part of your culture. But it was also if you didn't get the nutrients, then you would be like, well, I can't I can't eat this because I'm, I'm, I'm not getting better. I'm not healthy. I don't have the energy to do what I need to do. Now, of course, we have way too much energy and no nutrients and, you know, and all this chronic illness. So no one thinks back to it, but yeah, you know, not to be circling all around, but the whole thing with the nuclear family and not respecting traditions and not passing it on to your children. A lot of these kids and young people don't know how to cook. Although I will say being on Instagram, which, you know, I fought for so long not to be, <laughs> on social media, but I'm seeing a lot of young people doing farming and making things from scratch. And so there seems to be a whole nother, another generation coming up that wants to go back, who, that wants to have the life balance and, and, not, be, and not be ill and, and do all those things. So, you know, maybe it's gonna come around to that, but we need to know how to prepare food. The fact of the matter is if it is a plant-based food, it has to be prepared correctly meat doesn't have any anti-nutrients in it. Uh. It only has nutrients. You can eat it raw or you can eat it cooked. And guess what? There's nothing that you have to fear from it, unless of course, you know, well, the person didn't raise it right and stuff like that. But, you know, right. just generally, that there wasn't any specific thing that needed to be done or, or passed down about how to cook meat. So what we're really talking about when we're talking about anti-nutrients is plants that's yeah. where you eat. and
0: Absolutely.
1: yeah Stephen Gundry admit, you know plant paradox I don't agree with a huh. lot of what he says but lectins which is one of the anti-nutrients that he really like he's big, big on that he thinks everything that's going on with us chronically chronic illness is to do with lectins right now because you know it's this whole wheat thing right, so, right. You know, all seeds beans uh, and of course wheat's a big one in it also has phytates or phytic acid in it as well. Um, but, you know, he, he was the one that kind of really got me understanding anti-nutrients and, you know, that this was, this was something, you know, to be, to be weary of because plants don't want to be eaten. Wow, right. figure that, you know, everything <laughs> we'll see, plant power, plant-based, plants don't want us to eat them. Right. They don't go on just the same way that we do. They have their young too, the seeds. And there are protective mechanisms in place to keep those seeds intact so that those seeds will sprout and form another plant and keep going. And those very things, those, all those, it's amazing to me, like plants actually can put, if there's bugs coming to eat them, they can put out these chemicals <laughs> that make the bugs sick so that they don't get eaten. I mean, this is pretty amazing stuff, but we as humans think plants were put there for us to eat. And they're not, that's not what they feel about it. They're like, (laughs) don't eat me, I'll make you sick. (laughs) And and he describes it that way. And so I think the way that he puts it makes it very understandable for the regular person. Um, The other one uh, was, gosh, what's her name? The one with multiple sclerosis. Terry Walls? Yes. She talks a lot about anti-nutrients because yeah. she was a vegan slash vegetarian for years living off of wheat and bread and all this stuff before she got the multiple sclerosis. And then she realized that, th- you know what I mean, that things had to be properly and that she was not eating the right way. And and she pretty much thinks that that's what got her in, you know, with the multiple sclerosis. So, um, yeah. So anyway. Absolutely
0: um Dr.
1: Saladino carnivore guy carnivore code
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think um he I think it was him who recently I saw probably on Instagram of course um where he was talking about what you were just saying how it's like oh we think like plant power and plant like just this like the sunshine like it's so cute and it's
1: not cute like they want to kill us <laughs> they want us away from them <laughs> oh, What's, what's that 50s movie um oh gosh with the plant that started eating people Oh, I can't think of
0: it right now. Little Shop of Horrors? Yes. No.
1: Well, I guess it was. Yeah. Shop of Horrors. And then there was, um, uh, oh, the other one, uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, all those B-movies and stuff. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, they, they like, portrayed plants as potentially, you know, not yeah being happy about us, you know, and wanting to eat us. So, yeah. And who knows? <laughs> there might be another species from another planet that is a plant, and they'll be yeah. looking to come and get us. I think they're probably carrots because I don't like carrots. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, carrots are one of the safer vegetables. They, they probably, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Not for me, yeah. just because yeah. I'm allergic in my mind. Like I, that's a made up allergy from, for me. <laughs> yeah. So how about, so I personally noticed like when I, you know, I've been keto for over five years and I was doing like all the keto things all the time probably overdoing it lots of veggies but lots of nuts and lots of almond flour and i'm not saying not to do that but i think i was overdoing it i didn't you know have any like major reaction but i noticed um i i moved um in september and life was like super busy and for whatever reason i kind of started going more carnivore not on purpose i think just because i was busy and you know and i, I just felt better. And I didn't realize I needed to feel better. Um, I think some of the inflammation, so I just haven't really, I will eat nuts and stuff like every now and again, but I'm not just doing it all day, every day. I mean, that was my kind of go-to thing. So what about oxalates and the, and plant toxins and nuts?
1: Okay. So let's, let's talk about nuts because, um, well, you know, there's true, true tree nuts, not to be confusing to anybody. Um, cashews are actually not from what I understand, a tree nut. They're they're in a different class uh, of their own. Of course, almonds are a seed of an inedible fruit that looks like a peach. We have two yeah. almond trees. Um, but all of these things, not only, you know, when we're talking, you know, we've been talking oxalates and then we talked a little bit about lectins. So lectins definitely are an issue with all of those. Phytic acid is a real big one. Okay. And, you know, just just getting prepared for this, I didn't realize, and well, actually I did. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Georgia Each. She's a metabolic psychiatrist, and I've been doing from lot- you.
0: I know who, her from
1: you. Absolutely, I have been reading a lot of her stuff lately. I I subscribed because she's really taken it to the next level on all of these mental health issues with keto and 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 all of that. But um, you know, she was she is big on she has a whole uh, I guess it's a lecture on nutrients, and she's big about animal sources of iron and vitamin A and and, um, protein and things like that, because they're just more bioavailable. And um, she talked about if you eat something like, let's just say almonds, for instance, that have phytic acid and you eat a piece of chicken with it that has a lot of zinc in it, it'll bind up about 80 percent of that zinc in the meat. Wow. And then you know all the dietitians and 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 all these people that are big in, into the vegetarian stuff will tell you, "Oh, you can get all the protein and zinc and things you need from nuts and seeds." Well, 80% of that is bound up. And even some of that can inhibit some of the digestive enzymes as well. Oh. So then you're looking at less ability to digest, but what, grains, let's say phytic acid phosphorus, calcium, iron, copper, magnesium, and zinc are all about 80% inhibited. But if you combine oh it with animal food, you could get all these things. It's also going to bind up what you're eating in the animal food. So wow. I, to me, yeah. So the digestive enzymes, amylase and trypsin and pepsin, amylase, amylase is necessary to digest starch and trypsin and pepsin uh, digest protein. Um, Those are inhibited as well, just from eating pumpkin seeds. Everybody loves them, right? Uh, Sunflower seeds, cashews or chickpeas. If you eat those, that's yeah. Now people used to soak and sprout these things, right? If you do that, then you get rid of the phytic acid. Okay. So then the food is much more absorbable. The nutrients in it are much more absorbable and it will not affect you from other things so that's i think you know it's don't not don't eat these foods but handle them properly right so um what else let's see um one that i thought was pretty interesting everybody knows polyphenols and isoflavonoids because those are touted as very beneficial for us
0: right
1: so in a certain amount and properly prepared food, they are good for us. But an excess of them, or and or not being the food not being properly prepared, they're a toxin to us. So, for instance, uh, polyphenol phenols, I didn't know this, but because you think about all the colored vegetables and things, right? That everybody, oh, lots of color, put color on your plate. Um, the highest in the polyphenols is soybeans oh which are also very high in isoflavonoids and we all know soybeans as phytoestrogens right and of course we right now have boys with boobs uh girls with large breasts and nothing else to go with it and i've and been periods a- yeah. periods at like eight yeah i i I've been a big, like, you know what, there's too, there's too many phytoestrogens and estrogen mimickers and, and all of this out there. We don't need it. Well, of course they're eating, most of them are eating the chicken nuggets that are raised on chickens that are fed soybeans, right. And corn. So, um, so yeah, I did not know that. So it, you know, again, balanced, if you eat some of these as part of an overall balance, and um, as far as soybeans, I, I really don't know as far as the preparing of them because nothing's going to take out the phytoestrogens out of anything. Um, I, I would imagine just not eating them in a large amount. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I thought that was, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. Some of the other ones I really hadn't even heard of, uh, saponins, uh, they act like le- lectins basically. So you could just put them in the group with that. Um, there's a specific one chaconine, C-H-A-C-O-N-I-N-E, that's specific to corn and potatoes.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, corn
1: was always treated with lye. It still is, masa, you know, is made. And I think that that takes care of that as well as anything else that's in the corn. Um, potatoes, you see, it's mainly where it's sprouted. And and you, if you ever see a potato, if you peel it and it's green, that's actually toxic. One of the things that really, and this was from Stephen Gundry and I didn't realize it. If you ate a handful of raw kidney beans, you would die. Literally, it's that toxic to you. Nobody eats raw kidney beans. But just just to let you know, as far as how toxic it is, that that could all it would be like, you know, um, you know, apple seeds have cyanide in them, basically, but you'd have to chew up a bunch of them, you know, to get enough cyanide to kill you most people don't eat apple seeds anyway, but just, you know, there's certain things like that, that actually can kill us. <laughs> like wow. you dead, kill you like poison basically. Right. Um, so yeah. So again, the reason for soaking and, and, and properly cooking and and all of that. Um, one of the things he talks about with the lectins is they can be de- deactivated by pressure cooking.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: that's, that's a method. Uh, and he that's talks about in his book. Yeah. So for those people who they're just going to eat these things and they're going to live off of them. And I I think of vegans because I mean, what are you going to eat if you don't eat all these things we're talking about? I mean, everything that you eat is from the plant world. Um, Then you just really need to know how to properly prepare them. Right. Right. And, you know,
0: I think of this like the whole vegan thing and everything and, you know, to each their own, but it just doesn't make sense historically. Like this is not what, like, you know, what we've been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, it just, to me, all of the, the anti-nutrients and everything just makes sense
1: because of all of that. And you know, and you, know, you can go so far back with this and I hear this so many times, I eat clean. The mm. first thing I say is I eat dirty. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, the, it's this whole thing. If you go way back in this country to do with the blood from meat and having periods and sex. Right. I mean, it right. really is. It really is all back to that. And, you know, and I, I really hate to say this, but the majority, uh, at least that I see of the vegans are female. Right. And a lot of them have issues. I ain't gonna go, I'm not gonna get out there on a limb and everything, but a lot of them have issues. And uh-huh. so, you know, to do with the blood and the sexual organs and all of this stuff and, you know, and, and they don't realize that they're really, they're not getting the nutrients that they need. Yeah. They're definitely, they're not doing all this stuff. I'm going to let you know right now, they are not properly preparing. And I see them with so many nutrient deficiencies yeah. and, and calorie excesses because everything that comes with plants comes with carbohydrates. So I have quite a few pre-diabetics and diabetics that are vegans. Yeah. And they, they hold staunchly to that. They're not going to change it. And I'm like, well, if it was healthy for you, why are you diabetic? <laughs> not just that It's not healthy, right? I'm not even saying if it were healthy for you, you would not have diabetes, right? Diabetes doesn't come with healthful food intake. Exactly. Person. Right. Something, something's not right if if you're having an issue like this. But I will tell you that the majority of them now, the guys that I see, the most of them is part of a couple. So the, the wife um, or the significant other is a vegan. And quite a few of them have converted. (laughs) I had one that my assistant sent me she's like, vegan, no more. And I'm like, what the hell? And it's like, we were talking about the iron deficiency and the the, the, the testosterone deficiency in a young male, you know, and lo and behold, she said, you know, he just grabbed him a steak and he wasn't going back and he ate that steak and he felt great and he wanted to feel great again. So you know, but to me, that's what I see. The, the, the men, usually it's that issue. They're pleasing or they've come together as a team, but as soon as you start talking about testosterone and they have an issue with it, then their ears perk up. Yeah, None of the men want to be testosterone deficient. Exactly. Choices. Right. So, um, yeah. So, well, we'll (laughs)
0: <laughs> and in that community, like I, I hear people um, sometimes, you know, talk about, well, I'm so I went from this to this in terms of my health, I it improve. But what I see is yes, because you went from garbage probably to yeah. not garbage, whether that's meat or veggies or whatever, but it takes years of kind of slowly killing yourself before all the inflammation and diabetes and mental health stuff and all that. Show so up because it takes that long for your body to become that deficient in the nutrients. So it's not going to be tomorrow, you know?
1: Absolutely. And that's exactly what happens. And that's why the studies show that if you have two groups and you put one on a vegan diet and one on a keto diet, animal, carnivore, whatever, they both lose equal amounts of weight and blah, 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 blah. But what they're both doing is getting off of the trash. Yeah. So anytime you do that, you're going to get health improvements, but you're right. When I see them generally it's down the line, you know, I mean, nobody talks about SIBO, for instance, SIBO doesn't grow on meat protein. I mean, you have to, you, you have to have eaten all the, the vegetables and the grains and the breads and all of this stuff to get SIBO carnivores don't get SIBO. Right. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, do you have any like last comments that you wanna
1: share or points that you wanna make? I think you know, we all wanna be healthy. There is so much confusion out there, and I think I've said this before. I have no doubt the average person. Who doesn't have a science background or a medical background, even those that have the medical background, they probably worse because well they've been taught the wrong way, um, you hear so much conflicting information that, you know, wh- which way do you turn to, to really be healthy and you need, you need to dig further. You really do. You need you need to get to the bottom of things because it definitely don't listen to the, the things that are out there that are the popular opinion. Right. Popular opinion is all sucky. I mean, none of it is accurate. I yeah. mean, I, I see one, I'm, I'm I used to love science, but now everything is so distorted that when my husband says, "Oh, look, there's a new medical study," I, said, I don't even want to hear it because yeah. they're not going to report the right stuff. They're going to use the wrong statistics. It's it's all meant to lead you in a certain way and confuse you basically. Yes. And if you stay confused, then you won't look for other, you know, for what's right. So, yeah. And so as an average person, just remember one thing, right? Think back on how human beings go back a little bit in history, how we've eaten. First of all, we weren't vegans, right? Right. Right. We made our bones literally on eating meat. If you went back even, let's see, where are we? 20, 100 years and told the people that they should be vegan, they would have laughed you out of there, right? People lived off of animal fats because guess what? There weren't big companies around to make vegetable fats you get out there and take seeds and squeeze them down and see how much oil you get out of them. Right. Okay. So, I mean, just think about how we used to be. Yeah. People ate bread back then, you know, right now, the culture that we have, if you eat it now, along with everything else and all this fast food, then you're going to have diabetes and pre-diabetes and metabolic syndrome. But back then they were able to balance it out because they ate fat yeah and fat and protein and that's what they ate the most of satisfied them they ate a little bit of everything else to go along with it and they did fine they didn't have all the issues that we have so just just think about that and then think about what we're being told now oh we need uh we need a burger made out of plants that right. has to be made by a huge factory you can't make it you know And oh, and by the way, if you want to be a vegan, why are you trying to mimic a hamburger? My husband (laughs) says that all the time. He's like, no, if you want to be a vegan, eat vegetables. Why are you trying to eat something that looks like meat if you're a vegan? Right? Right. You know, because you're bored with the vegetables? Because you miss meat? I mean, you know, what's, what's the reason? But then think, you know, that meat is more expensive than raising regular meat. Yeah. Right. My sister-in-law and mother-in-law are vegan. Both of them have diabetes. All right. And you can't tell them anything, which is fine, but guess what they spend their money on. they don't have a lot of money on fake meat.
0: WTF, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not even, pe- you know, people are trying to do th- better things for the environment too. It's not good for the environment. Like,
1: no, it's, it's, crap. it's so bad. I'm not saying that factory farming is good.
0: No, no. But,
1: but real farming actually builds soil. Yes. You know, and, and if we didn't have rumden animals, we'd be a desert. Absolutely. It's a yeah. desert with a bunch of big plants, you know, that are using, you know, whatever they're doing to make these things, these very processed things. And right. and avoid processed food. A smoothie is processed food. Right. Don't drink your calories. Your body wants you to eat. Wants you to use your your mastication muscles. Save that for when you don't have any teeth. <laughs> and you drink your 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 calories, or you or you're on a feeding tube. You know, like one of these nursing home patients or something like that. That's what liquid food is for, or babies.
0: Right. You exactly. Know?
1: Yeah. So. That's that's what I would say to people. I'd say use your common sense. Yeah, yeah. Don't believe what you hear because it is all wrong. It really is.
0: Yeah, it is. Follow the money. I mean, I think of that one documentary that came out a few years ago. Was it? Um, what the health was at it? It was, it was a like basically promoting veganism. But if you look at like where the studies came from, quote yeah. studies. Yeah, it was all it was propaganda. You know, yeah. and so. You always have to look at who's funding this and why, you know, before you, I mean, I had lots of people messaging me, Oh my gosh, you you know, ready to like ditch meat." I'm like, follow my voice. Let's talk about this. You know, like where, who put this out, you know? So.
1: Yeah. The whole thing. And we've talked about it, the saturated fat and everything like that too. That's, that's the other one, because I really, at this point believe saturated fat is the best fat for us. It is the, it is you know, it's what nature intended. It's stable. Yeah. It helps you make sex hormones and vitamin D and, you know, all the rest of this stuff. We're, we're testing on our body. It doesn't exist in nature. If it doesn't exist in nature, we shouldn't be eating it. That's right. just, to me, point blank. And if you ever can get over that and, and actually realize that this is what, you know, what we're supposed to eat and do that, then you'll have health without working on it. Everybody yeah. comes to me, they, they need to lose weight. And I'm like, if you would heal your metabolic health, you would be a normal, healthy weight for you. That's, yeah. that's what you have to do. But if you don't heal your metabolic health, anybody can lose weight, but you'll never keep it off because right. your body's still unhealthy. If it's unhealthy, then the weight's going to come right back. But you can't. You can't. It's hard. It's hard to get people to understand that this is a a health problem. It's not a weight problem, and a weight is a symptom. The overweight or the obesity is a symptom of the problem. It's not the problem. And they right. just if they would lose weight, everything would get better, and and it's not so.
0: No, so. no, that's that's such a that's a whole nother show right there. It that's is a so whole nother rich. show,
1: and I want us to have a show on snacking I'm about to have a post on that that's my next post because if I hear one more adult ask me about snack <laughs> lose I'm it. sorry but Friday I had two female patients one that said she, you know, will ask me this I love the questions that come to me well what do you snack on and I'm like <laughs> snack I'm not a kindergartner he said, I, I eat, I fast and I eat and I eat protein and fat. And guess what? I'm not hungry for eight to 10 hours. I have unlimited energy that just stays at a good, it doesn't, it doesn't ever go up or down. I have clear thoughts, no mental health issues. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't, you know, the only, to me, the only people that need snacks are kindergartners, snacks and naps. (laughs) You know, and then I had another one ask me the same thing. And I'm like, you know what? I have to say something about this because, you know, when did adults ever start thinking that they needed to snack? Right. I was raised where it was discouraged. And, you know, in the 70s, we didn't have all the problems that we do now. And we ate three meals a day. The statistics show it. We ate three meals a day. And we did not have all the issues that we have right now, but we didn't snack because my mother would say, you're going to ruin your dinner. Exactly. You need to eat your dinner. And I'll tell you another thing that my mother did. She wouldn't allow us to drink anything while we ate because that was going to fill you up. And then you were going to be hungry again in two hours. And she was going to have to help fix you something, you know, so she didn't want to have to deal with that. Right. So yeah. So I, to this day, don't ever drink when I eat.
0: Yeah, that's so good.
1: I know. Well, because it it is. It's literally putting, and remember what I told you about water? Water's Mm going to come in and then water's going to go through, and water's going to go very fast because your body knows you need hydration. And that was the the second patient told me. She was like, So, what you're saying is, if I think I'm hungry, I should actually drink a glass of water because maybe I'm dehydrated. And I said, Yeah, that's a pretty good thing to do. Then right. you know, We can get into that, but you they have all the emotional, it's emotional eating is what it is. It's dosing and right. carbonation doc, who I love, you know, um, and I follow him on, on Instagram. Um, and he was talking about the same thing. I think it was last week or yeah. Um, he was talking about how we think we need to eat so much, but we really need very little food. Absolutely. What we need is water. And sleep. Those are the things we really, really need. If we don't get either one of those in a short amount of time, you will die. But the average person could go months. If you're overweight or obese, you could go a whole year without eating and be fine. It's been done before. There's a study on it a guy that went 365 days on water only.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, lost like 150 pounds. He was, I don't know, 300 pound plus or whatever. And he was monitored the whole time and did absolutely fine. Yeah. But he didn't have water. Which He is had his
0: time. fuel on him.
1: so He cleaned it all up. Yeah. yeah. so Yeah. We need to talk about that because that, you know, that's what I see. And when you're dosing yourself, glucose spikes, I mean, you're, you're just feeding, feeding the insulin monster is all you're doing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So we need to talk about that. But
0: that's next time for sure.
1: Yeah. Well thank you. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find Lisa on Instagram at metabolic journeys IES. And you can find me at thatvibrantlife.com, Facebook, That Vibrant Life, Instagram, that underscore vibrant life. Have a good day.